Hey Rewatchers, Keith here, and welcome to the very first episode from the Highlander Worldwide Gathering that took place a couple weeks ago in Los Angeles. And we're here to bring you a short interview with actor and now doctor... Peter Wingfield, Mythos himself. Uh, so, before we get started with the interview, just a couple things. Just to let you know, when we did this interview, it was pretty quick in an extremely crowded room. This room was probably the most crowded it ever got during the entire convention. Literally, Peter was climbing over chairs and our table to do this interview with us. So the sound quality is a little shaky. It's not what our normal sound quality is. And it's because there's like literally like almost 250 people in this room all talking, all getting autographs, all meeting the celebrities. It was a lot of fun, but we're really thankful that Peter took some time out to talk with us. So we hope you enjoyed this interview. And fear not, don't worry, Peter's going to be back on the show. You know it. We also just want to thank everybody that donated to our GoFundMe again uh, for making this trip happen and for helping bring these interviews to you, the listeners. And if you want, there's still an opportunity to donate to our GoFundMe. Just head on over to GoFundMe.com slash Highlander dash Rewatch dash Gathering, and you can donate today. And also, that link is pinned to the top of our Facebook page. Every dollar helps, and it's going to just help us bring more and more content to you. And just to let you know, we have a ton of interviews coming your way. We interviewed so many people on this trip. We also got a lot of videos, uh, which are going to be released. It's going to be really awesome. Ah, so without further ado, enjoy this brief interview with Dr. Peter Wingfield. Okay, we are here at the Highlander Worldwide 25th Anniversary Convention. Have and a great I'm sitting down with the Highlander actor, Peter Wheatfield. Meet us. Welcome to the show. Hi. Meet us. Welcome to the show. Peter Meekless and I are very, we look very similar. That's, People mix us up all the time. That's, that's what awesome. it is. So you're a doctor now. Yeah. An amazing, I would say career change. Like you started out in the medical, or going to medical school, right? Yep. Yeah, I, uh, so I, in the UK, you don't do a bachelor's degree first. You go, you go from high school straight to medical school. So, yeah, I, at 18, I was, uh, I was in medical school in, in the UK. And Again, I was a child. Right. It was, I was not ready for it to be all that I did, and uh, so I never finished it. I, uh, I what, what was the best two I'd done a lot of I'd done a lot of stuff with, uh, in school and then National Youth Theatre in Wales, where I grew up. And I, I mean, I, I very much felt the, the, the pull towards that, wanted to, to do that. But I, there was there were no no members of my family that had ever been actors or worked in the arts. And so everyone, family and friends and teachers and the major influences on me said, be a doctor. So you've got that that solid thing to fall back on, and then you can do you can do the acting stuff, you can do amateur stuff, and it'll it'll be fine and, and I sort of in, in my heart I always knew that that wasn't what I wanted I wanted, I wanted to do it properly I wanted to do it for real but the, the fear of, of not having anything any kind of safety net any security I mean that's that's a tough thing to step off that, that very ordered clear path to becoming a doctor uh, and, and jump into the unknown so so I kind of put that decision off for a long time and, and eventually it got to a, to a point where I just thought it was actually a, a choreographer uh, that I, I worked with in National Youth Theatre uh, Ian Stewart Ferguson Scottish guy um, who 
who said to me, you know, if, if you've got someone to fall back on, you'll fall back on. And, and that sort of haunted me, resonated. And uh, so eventually I, I got to the point where I, I realized I needed to burn all the bridges. I needed to have no escape route in order to uh, to really have any kind of chance of being a professional actor. So I, I quit, went to drama school, started auditioning, started started working as an actor. That's incredible. And then what was the push back then? So I, I, a, a number of different things. Uh, a, a big part of it was my wife went back to school uh, to do a PhD. And uh, so I was around around that that way of thinking, that, that kind of intellectual exploration. Uh, and she used a PhD in clinical psych, so I was around healthcare again. And it just... It sort of uh, reawakened something that I, I had sort of pushed off to the side and tucked away and pretended wasn't part of who I was, except when I was playing doctors. Um, and, uh, and then I, uh, 2009, I think it was, I ran the New York Marathon for UNICEF. And, and again, just being around that, that world of thinking about others of giving back and it, it, it triggered something in me so I, I started doing uh, doing courses at weekends I, I went and did physics 101 and absolutely loved it uh, and I, I think that was when I started seriously thinking okay this, there, there's something in this um, so did a bunch more courses put an application into medical school and, uh, and each step along the way it has felt like yeah no this is this is right it's it's a completion of a circle in, in some ways it's it's also that when I was 18 I wasn't ready for it and now I am ready for it I'm, I'm actively choosing it right that's a big part of making those lessons it's like when it's your decision yeah and it's really difficult to do that when you're when you're young there, there is so much pressure from, from parents from teachers from society that, that pushes you in particular directions even if it, it's the direction you want to go there, there's still there's always that that slight sense that it's not completely your choice you come back to it at you know, 40 odd years old it's very much your choice and I, I see that all the time in my training that my the, the way I see the world is so very different from a lot of the people around me because of, of the, the activeness of that choice uh, you know there were things that are harder about being in, in medical school and now in residency there are things that are harder when you're 40, 50 but there are things that are easier because when you're 20 you're, you're just so distracted there's so many other things you want to be doing and exploring and I, I, I sort of that stuff has calmed down for me so it's been great it's been really cool so far so what is you know now it's been 25 years since Tyler and I what is that like we're surrounded by people that this is a big part of their lives so what does Highland mean to Highland Highland has totally changed my life I I now live in California that is absolutely because of Highland in a number of steps I you know I I was working in in England I did this episode of a TV show in in Paris because because who doesn't want to go to Paris and shoot a TV show? Uh, that character then 
resonated in some way with the audience, and so they wrote more episodes. So I went to Vancouver to film. I met a girl. I lived in Vancouver. We moved down to Los Angeles, and you know, there were there were details that that are kind of surround all this, but the basic fundamental is that Highlander put me in the place that I now am. Uh, I, I come to these these conventions and uh, maybe a couple of hundred people here that are that are my friends, my family. They're the the conventions that we have shared across the planet, in Australia and the UK and France and Vancouver, Canada and here in the States, the, we've, we've kind of irregularly met up as a, as a big extended family for the last, I mean the last episode was 98, 20 years ago almost. My first convention was in 96, which was in uh, Denver, uh, and, and that's, that's half my life that I've been doing this show and, and hanging out with these people. That's crazy. Yeah. It's funny, well, to give you a little background on us, like, we all grew up, like, maybe the prime age, we were, like, 10, 11 when the show was on, and it was, you know, one of our favorite shows growing up, and for us, too, it's, like, a weird, surreal thing, like, here we are now, we're doing a podcast, who would have yeah. the show I loved as a kid, and suddenly it would, like, come back in my life, and I'd be, like, dedicating, you know, all this time every week to doing a podcast, and now I'm sitting here talking to you, it's really funny, so I was actually going to ask you, you know, a lot of people here, like, these were childhood heroes for them, do you have any, like, heroes uh, for you personally, like, or in TV, or just real life heroes, like, who are the people that you looked up to? So I, I went to uh, a, a movie screening of uh, a Kevin Costner movie, uh, a couple of years back when I was living in L.A. Uh, the, because it's L.A., Arclight, frequently there'll be a movie and then the cast or the director or people involved uh, will be there afterwards to chat about it. That was a weird one for me because Field of Dreams was a movie that, that in its way changed my life also. Just that, a way of thinking about possibilities but what you wanted to do what was in your heart was worth pursuing and uh, and so I'm I, I watched this movie and then Kevin Costner comes out and, and it was exactly the same experience for me as being at one of these fan conventions except I was the audience member who, who desperately wanted to talk to him and, and to, to let him make him understand how important he'd been in my life and it's a room full of, of people with 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 that same drive, that same urge. The, there was, uh, I, I remember also one time we did a, a convention and we went to NASA and they had they had an astronaut who came and you know, was, was available for questions and Marie, uh, my, uh, my friend president, she, she was talking to me afterwards about how I, I was talking to this astronaut and he was trying to leave and I just kept on asking him questions and again, exactly like, like this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got to talk. I need to talk to you. Really. So yeah, no, I, I understand this experience from both sides. 
thank you for joining us. It's been a while to take up for running around. I have a super pleasure. This has really been a pleasure to meet you and talk to you, and uh, all the best luck with your career. All the lives are going to be changing now. Very good. Fantastic. What an honor. Thanks so much, Peter, for sitting down and talking with us. It was really great to meet you and to meet all the other people that had come out to the Highlander Worldwide Gathering. Also, stay tuned after the credits to hear Highlander director Clay Boris interrupt our interview and tell us about some of the shenanigans we got into the night before. For a lot of you out there, this might be the very first Highlander Rewatch podcast you've listened to. So thanks for joining us, and make sure to go on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you like to listen to podcasts and subscribe today to the Highlander Rewatch podcast. We have brand new episodes coming out every week. Some are interviews, like the one you just heard. Others are recaps of classic Highlander episodes and the movies. And we promise to bring you brand new, great Highlander content every single week. Thanks again, Peter, for sitting down and joining us. And we hope everybody thought Peter was as interesting as we did. He's the man. Till next time, I've been one of your rewatchers, Keith. Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh, I opened it uh, finally here this morning uh, when I sobered up a little bit. Uh, you guys got me all drunk like that. Yeah. No, it was good. Oh, you're taking care of that?